0: If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise, etc. Hi, and thanks for joining us once again, this time for the June 7th edition of the Redheaded Preacher podcast, which was June 7th this, this time around. And it's Trinity Sunday. Uh, Beth Sturba is our lector, reading from the Psalms from Isaiah and from the Gospel according to Matthew. And let's go.
1: Today, like every Sunday after Pentecost, it's Trinity Sunday. Lectionary passages are chosen to reflect all three persons of the Trinitarian Godhead. Our first reading looks to God our Maker, and is Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes, and infants, you have founded a Lord because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This ends the reading from Psalm 8. In a departure from the lectionary, given current events. A second Old Testament reading replaces the traditional epistle spot. It is Isaiah 58, starting at the second half of verse 9 through verse 12. The prophet tells the erring people, if you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a water garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. We return to the lectionary for our Gospel lesson. It is Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Jesus gives what we call the Great Commission. This send the gospel according to Matthew, and of course its sending is after Christ's resurrection. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here ends the reading of the Gospel and the scriptures for today's service. May God add to us a wise and generous understanding of this, The word of God for the people
0: of God. I imagine that among you good folks participating in this virtual service today, there are at least two categories of hope about this message. One hope is, you know, I hope he does not talk about what's been going on in our country lately, and preach about racial injustices past and present, or or protests again. I come to church to get away from that for a while. The other category is, I hope he does. The church has to speak up and be active in the work of racial reconciliation. It's part of what the larger gospel is all about, and this is the time. You know, there might be a third category, too. I hope he does a little bit of both, if that's possible. Well, you'll notice that the hymn after our sermon today was just written this week by my friend, the Reverend Carolyn Winfrey Gillette, and the title is the first line, There is a time for silence. There is a time for silence, as my friend wrote, During times of silence, you and I can listen and learn. We listen to the scripture lessons for today. Psalm 8 on Trinity Sunday calls us to rejoice in our Creator God and the spectacular nature of God's handiwork and of God's thoughts behind humankind's creation. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. My study Bible's footnote offers this interesting comment. God has given human beings a share in his own dignity by conferring on them dominion over the rest of creation. A share in God's own dignity, crowned with glory and honor. Wow. Well, then how should you and I treat one another as fellow members of the human race? There is a time for silence during which you and I can listen and learn. We listen to Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, our crucified and risen Lord and Savior. He tells the disciples to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. The church is to be a people on a mission. And Pentecost Sunday last week, as well as the Memorial Day Sunday before that, I preached on areas the church needs to bear witness to Jesus' values of righteousness, a.k.a. justice, a.k.a. love distributed. It's good news. We are commissioned by Jesus and then empowered by God's Spirit to bring God's good news where it is needed in languages people can understand in ways that make a difference in their lives and souls, which agape love makes. We are to bring folks the loving, truth-speaking, forgiving, people-honoring and nonviolent ways of Christ. There is a time for silence where we listen to the Scriptures still more and find out there is yet more to learn. For the prophet Isaiah tells the people, Israel, who have disappointed the Lord that there are things to do that will realign them with the will and purposes of the Almighty. They are eternal, yet also timely, probably in every age, certainly ours. Well, what does God want us to do to get our will and purposes in line with God's? Well, we know Micah 6.8. We know the two greatest commandments and the Big Ten also. Seems like God desires that God's people in Isaiah get into the reconstruction business. Then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. In the 1990s, I urged us at St. Peter's to become active with, or members of, Habitat for Humanity. Restorer of streets to dwell in, building stuff, right? And we did participate in a limited extent once. But in these times, the application should be more profound than even that. We have ancient ruins. There are parts of Chicago that are still burnt out from the riots that happened after Martin Luther King was assassinated. And not all ruins are physical, material, or visible. There are breaches, things torn open or badly split, to be repaired. And for sure we know that there are streets which need to be restored in order that shalom be fulfilled, in order that God's love be communicated, demonstrated, and, again, in languages people can understand. So, shall we sign up for a nonprofit that is planning to help fix up places damaged by rioting or looting? Well, not exactly, and not yet. For according to the Scriptures... Before fulfilling God's desires in Isaiah, and perhaps also in the Great Commission, there is more listening, learning, and improving to do. Before Isaiah said, Then your light shall rise, you shall be called the repairer of the breach, etc. We heard Beth read, If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil. If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise, etc. Remove the yoke from among you. The yoke, a burden placed on a pair of animals, or shall we say historically, also persons and groups of persons. For animals, that they may work to pull the wagon, the plow. For animals as well as persons or groups of persons, that they may work under the control and command of the person who put the yoke on them. And Isaiah says, if you remove the burden of oppression from among yourselves... It's our job to undo what oppression has done. We are to remove the yoke from among us. And that's a whole sermon right there. Removing the burdens of oppression that are on backs of peoples and in some cases have been for centuries, those people that are among us Well, we have seen the almost two weeks' demonstrations, mostly peaceful and still continuing, that are calling for this removal along racial and out-of-bounds law enforcement lines. There are burdens of yokes or oppression at many levels upon many peoples. What has transpired lately has been about historic racism which is beyond racist attitudes of individuals or regions. I preached about some of that in the last sermon and a half. But what has transpired and continues to transpire is also focused on a subset, and that is the subset of the legacy of police violence visited predominantly upon people of color. To these, to these, The church has been commissioned to bring the exhortations of the prophets, the teachings of Jesus, and Psalm 8's understanding of how highly God values humankind. In faith, all of us are made in the image of God, despite the fact that all of us are also fallen and flawed human beings. God's love abides. It stays, it remains. God's hopes for the streets to be rebuilt, the breaches to be repaired, and the good news to be lived out, that's also everlasting. But so you and I have work to do, and there is a time, so, for silence. In Friday's Tribune, the Chicago Tribune, Adrienne Pitts who is a general counsel of a Chicago-based broker, dealer, and investment bank, wrote on the perspective page, I quote, According to data from the Minneapolis Police Department, out of 237 neck restraint reports filed since 2015, including the kneeling on the neck technique, approximately 60% of the suspects were black, including at least three teenagers. That's over 140 black men who were brutalized with a horrifying technique used more regularly against them than their white counterparts in a city where blacks represent less than 20% of the peoples of the city's population. That's evidence, if not proof, of what's called institutional racism. That is racism which occurs within institutions, like schools, workplaces, government agencies, in which the policies and practices routinely produce outcomes that are unjust against people of color. Let me say that one last time, which the policies and practices routinely produce unjust outcomes against people of color. A white privilege says, we don't need to care about this. It's not about the system. It's random. It's it's just racist attitudes, or it's deserved. This from Maya Hoskins, contributor to Forbes magazine. This month, she writes, in 2019, police killed 1,099 people, 24% of whom were black, despite the fact that blacks make up just 13% of the U.S. population, blacks are also three times more likely to be killed by police than whites, yet are 1.4 times more likely to be unarmed compared to whites. Moreover, 99% of killings by police between 2013 and 2019 did not result in a conviction. Much of what we've observed, Ms. Hoskins wrote, much of what we've observed from the black community this weekend is a reflection of the pain and anger associated with the invisibility and lack of value for blacks' lives in America." End quote. Nearing the end, we who mark Trinity Sunday celebrating that we celebrating that we know God as creator, Christ and sustainer or father, son and holy spirit, making us in God's own image, bringing salvation and the way of life through Jesus the Christ and then creating and renewing the church of Jesus Christ for the great commandment by the holy spirit. We're all equally made in God's own image, which Psalm 8 says, that's awesome. That applies to every day and to our perspective on today's issues. We are a people of transformation, of mercy and love and justice who are sent out by Jesus and empowered by the spirit to bring this good news and make followers of it around the planet. We are people upheld by the power, the same power, the spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, so we will not be bowed or cowed. We have much to bring to discussions of deconstructing things like needless police violence, period, and needless police violence against people of color and LGBTQ persons, particularly without being naive about the very hard jobs police do. I have recently run across something called Eight Can't Wait, proposed by Campaign Zero. It's not exactly new. It has eight concrete suggestions, which if carried out in police districts, the belief is that police violence will decrease 72%. Los Angeles, has already instituted five of the eight suggested policies. Pittsburgh, Binghamton, and Carlsbad, California are three other cities that have embraced all of these. These are not proposed by a church or necessarily a Christian mindset, specifically or explicitly, but that does certainly not mean that followers of Christ cannot look at them, learn about them, think about them, and decide if they are worth asking his, her, or their police departments to adopt. I will not list the eight because I've gone over long, but I'll say the first one, and that is Abandon chokeholds and strangleholds. Abandon them. As a policy and practice, you can learn more at, this is one word, starts with a digit, 8cantwait.org. 8cantwait.org. So God has made all of us grand and put us as stewards over the earth. We are here to take care of the planet as if God were one of us on the planet. We're supposed to take care of the planet like God would take care of the planet as God's representatives here, and we're also supposed to take care of each other. That includes rebuilding the streets people live on, repairing the breaches that have split apart and torn peoples apart, unnecessarily, and that are not beyond repair. But only after removing the yoke of oppression, the pointing of the finger of blame, not at me, and sharing our resources with each other, meeting the needs of the afflicted, meeting the needs of the afflicted. Jesus sends us out to make disciples or students of his gospel his gospel of forgiveness by grace through faith, his gospel of his life and, his, and God's kingdom, the values in the kingdom like peace and truth and justice, and the love of God, the love of neighbors, and the love of enemies. The spirit within and among us makes these things possible just as it often helps, before we rush out there needing that we know, needing that we need more knowledge and wisdom to remember there is a time for silence too. Amen. Hi again. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher podcast for June 7th these are very significant times we are going through i hope you felt the message today was helpful and meaningful for navigating these times among so many other messages that are out there thanks again for listening i hope you'll continue to as we continue to navigate these times uh, with the word of god the spirit of god the church of jesus christ and one another doing the good we can in the ways we can for the good of all. And in his name, I conclude this edition and thank you probably a third time for listening. God bless your week. Bye.